A Little Girl and a Flower. This is a Christmas tale. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is a Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen at your own risk. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And this is a Spooky Tales. If you're new here, welcome, welcome. And if you're coming back, thank you. We uh we lied last episode. We're not covering shadow people. Yes, we're not. That's gonna be for next episode. Yes, we are gonna talk about Christmas today, just because this is coming out on Christmas and we celebrate Christmas. So if you don't like Christmas, you can skip ahead. At the end, there's going to be a scary story. <laughs> yeah. So if you hate Christmas, no. <laughs> <laughs> you Grinch. Or wait, 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 wait. Who was the? No, it wasn't just the Grinch. What was the other one with the ghost? The guy? Scrooge. Oh, was it Scrooge? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think From... I don't remember. I remember the <laughs> Disney Because you Christmas said Scrooge movie. and then I thought Scrooge and McDuck. <laughs> Oh, isn't isn't Scrooge a duck in the Disney in the in the Mickey Mouse like Christmas tale or something? What is that called? A Christmas? No, it's not a Christmas story, but it's like Mickey is like, and there's like a ghost of Christmas past, and like there's like a poor kid named Timmy. Yeah, his uh, there is a Scrooge, and he was part of the the Christmas Carol. But then Disney did a. like a character based on him and it's one of uh donald's donald duck's uncle scrooge McDuck. yes <laughs> yeah for yeah. some reason it went straight to scrooge mcduck not the like uh the disney version not the the muppets version i mean if you don't celebrate christmas but you're like curious about it you know you can you can stay yeah i'm yeah. um, happy I don't know anything about like other holidays, but I know Hanukkah is like big in El Salvador. There's a lot of Jewish people there, so happy Hanukkah and like Kwanzaa is another one, right? Yes, I think that's that's the only three I know. Um, let me see. Should I Google holidays in December? Let me see. <laughs> so we can say happy all of them. Happy, or all should of we them. just say happy holidays? Oh wow, Christmas just. <laughs> and then people are like, "You hate Christmas, Christina." <laughs> Well, I don't even like Christmas that much either. <laughs> like, I like the food. <laughs> Christmas is fine, but for me, it's I'm not here for the celebration of Christmas and like the birth of Jesus. I'm here for the tamales because <laughs> I'm not like super religious myself. So uh, my favorite holiday is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite holiday is Halloween too. Christmas is my second favorite. I did grow up in a very strict Catholic home and... I'm like somewhat a believer. I'm not really into the religion anymore because I think the people who are like crazy about it ruined it for me. So I just do my own religion in my own way because I don't want to be associated with people like that. Yeah, sometimes I'm like atheist. Other times I'm like agnostic. And then if something scary is happening, I'm like, oh my God, Santa Maria, Madre de Dios, are you that <laughs> 
so. I'm just all over the J- place. Just a honestly. little. What is it? Just a little suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Eggnog days on the 24th of oh, December. Interesting. I do not like eggnog. I do. But there was this one time I drank too much and I threw up and I can't drink it like the same way. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, happy holidays, and today we're talking about Christmas. <laughs> yes, Christmas. I love uh, Christmas just because I'm like that crafty person, that, that what's it called, the person that goes all out during Christmas. <laughs> I'm just that That's person. That's true, you do. I love your decorations <laughs> that you put up like on Instagram and, like, and stuff. What are we, uh, no, it's like today when, I, when you texted me, when I was like, take your time, I'm like shopping, <laughs> I was like ordering a bunch of crafts to do. <laughs> Like, like literally like a bunch of, uh, uh, like things from Michael's. So me and the kids could do later this week. We're going to start off with a Christmas legend. The, so if you actually, do people here decorate with this flower too? Yeah, they do. I recognize it. It's everywhere, right? I see it all the time at like Walmart and in decorations, like any, where they, oh, what are those, those places that sell plants? Like uh, nurseries, yeah, I see them all the time. Which I totally thought were daycares for the longest time. <laughs> it was like no. a few weeks, a few months ago that um, my husband was like, "No, they don't sell babies there." I was like, oh, "Shit, why is it called a nursery?" Wow, okay, plants. Uh, so we're gonna be sharing a legend uh, about this Christmas flower. It has a name, but I'm gonna call it either in Spanish or its other name. So we call it La Flor de Noche Buena, the flower of like Christmas Eve, or Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl, I think. Quetzalcoatl is its original name. It's a flower indigenous to Mexico, and it's like synonymous with Christmas now. It's everywhere. This legend is from the time of the Spanish conquest, and it took place in a town in Guerrero, uh, Mexico. There was a little girl who was anxiously awaiting Christmas. Her father could not find work that year, and so they had nothing to offer to baby Jesus uh, at the midnight mass. She had no candy, no toys, and no fruit, and this made the little girl very sad. Her family walked up to the church, and on the way there, the little girl was so embarrassed that she was empty-handed. She ran into some nearby bushes to cry, and suddenly she heard the voice of a little boy. The little boy said, don't cry, take these plants and leave them on the altar for baby Jesus. And the little girl decided to listen to the voice, and she grabbed the plants. She walked into the church, and she was still embarrassed about her offering because she felt like it was nothing compared to all these nice toys that these other kids had. But when she placed the green plant onto the altar, it miraculously formed into a beautiful red color with the shape of a star. And from then on, this flower was used in Mexico and then like everywhere else uh, during Christmas time. Um, And this flower, the Cuetlazochil, was used by indigenous people for medicinal purposes, for ceremonies and for decorations. On the 8th of December, the town of Tasco, it's T-A-X-C-O. I don't know if I'm saying Ta- that right. Yeah, I think it's Tasco. Tasco, okay. And ta- of Tasco Guerrero, they put up this giant monument that's like miles long and it's made of this flower. I saw that. I would love to see that in real life. It looks beautiful. I'll be posting pictures. 
I hope that even though you may or may not be religious, enjoy these stories behind many traditions in Latin America, as they are a big part of Latin American culture and play a huge role in Latinidad. Now on to traditions that that was a huge part of my life, posadas. Posadas is celebrated widely throughout Latin America. It is celebrated between December 16th through the 24th. Yeah, it consists of reenactments of Mary and Joseph's pilgrimage to Bethlehem and seeking shelter there. Two people dress up, one as Mary and one as Joseph. And sometimes if they are able to acquire a donkey, it too will be part of the retelling. So each night starting December 16th, the people who play Mary and Joseph will lead the townspeople from the plaza to one home each night. Each home represents an inn where Joseph and Mary seek shelter, and each day they are turned away. So they go to one home each day, rejected each day until the 24th, in which the final home gives them shelter, and they are sent to the manger, where they where on the early hours of the 25th, Mary gives birth to Jesus. In this tradition, the streets are filled with music, mariachi, banda. You will see a mixture of in- indigenous and European traditions. Many people will dress in traditional Mexican outfits. On the 24th, the townsfolk will celebrate with piñatas, pyrotechnics, music, treats, amazing food. Not really gifts. Um, I feel like kids are, are given uh, treat bags. Is that how? Yeah. yeah, they don't really do gifts on Christmas, <laughs> but they uh, filled with, you know, treat bags filled with candy, oranges and peanuts. Christmas in Mexico, at least, is not a gift giving holiday. You give treats and stuff to kids, but not to adults. In Latin America countries, it is a day of worship. It is not about materialism, but family togetherness. And above all, for religious people, it is the day you celebrate Jesus. And church is held at midnight on the 25th, so usually on the 24th, late at night, the town head heads towards the church and has Misa de Gallo, Midnight Mass in English, which is roughly translated to Rooster Mass. Oh, I always heard Midnight Mass. Yeah, I know, but like the Misa de Gallo, if you translate it. That's true. In literal translation, is Rooster Mass, which I always found weird because I'm like, it sounds more fun than midnight mass. That is true. That is true. You know, and you know, Latinos they have to make everything, <laughs> everything. What's it called? Extra. The yeah. The twenty fifth is the day of worship for Catholics, so it's a day to spend with family and, um, you know, rest. It's a a day of rest and recalentado. And yeah. So when you reheat the tamales uh, or any food that you make. And for some reason, I don't know why, but whenever you have recalentado, it's like extra, like it's better than the day before. The food is better. Yeah. I don't know why. The next morning when you wake up early in your pajamas and you have your cafecito and your recalentado. Yes. Did you um go to or do posadas as a kid too? Like- yes. I lived in San Francisco. As a child, and we lived about a block from, I believe it, the, the the church is called Saint Charles. Uh, it's off of uh, the Mission Dis- Mission Street. You know the big, the big street, one of the big streets in San Francisco. Yeah, I remember it. And we would go there every every year, and it was um like it was a community event. Like you didn't have to be. I I saw people who weren't even Catholic there, and. The uh, church would, every person who goes there, they would have donations and they would send everybody home with 
lots of food, uh, you know, for, for families to, um, what, regardless if they could or could not, could have a really good Christmas dinner. I remember yeah. that. We went to similar ones like that in Oakland too, and they were super fun. It's so much fun. We had um family ones, like we would all gather and then like we would, before we came in like the house, we would all sing like a little um Christmas jingle. Like it was usually um Los Peces en el Mar, Nada Ni Nada or something. Oh, I remember that one. We would get to my uncle's house or aunt's house and we would like sing that before they let us in. <laughs> That's so cute though. See, my family doesn't do that. We're <laughs> not very like family or I mean we did it back when we had like a family and everybody was in the same place. Now it's not a thing. Yeah. Same like um I I know posadas are still a thing. I see people post them up every year. Uh, I think they have like, you know, that big church in Modesto. But I think I I think the only church that does it in Modesto was uh, one off of Maze. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Posadas are big in um, Guatemala too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like a wait it's like a nine day festival. Yeah. And this is like I'm I'm talking about they go out every day. You guys, it is so much fun. It is it's extra as heck. Yeah. Uh, there's so much food and then i think in like some places maybe like in el def they have probably vendors and each one selling you know hundreds of yeah. different types of food so if if you are ever invited to one i would suggest you go it is so much fun there's music there's dancing there's again food and it's just it's a tradition that very much a community holiday it's not like, oh, we're just going to go home and it's just going to be, I don't know, like 10 of us in Latin communities. Usually if it is pretty much the whole neighborhood that comes together to celebrate. And it's, a, a, I mean, religion aside, it is a beautiful sense of community. Like I had one, some of my best memories going to Posadas. Yeah, we had already decided we were going to talk about Posadas because they're like a huge thing celebrating christmas and you know uh, latino culture but i just learned today while scrolling facebook <laughs> that um posadas are they have aztec roots during the posadas you usually see a piñata and the piñata is like a seven pointed star and this actually came uh from aztec beliefs for the seven sacred directions it celebrated or it coincided with the winter solstice in, um, I can't say it, Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. Yes. So Aztec priests were uh, celebrating their most important deity. So they would fill a clay pot with uh, little tiny treasures, which is where piñatas come from. They would fill this clay pot with little tiny treasures and it was meant to be broken as an offering to the to the god oh my god we see yeah you got it you got it oh, yes it's the same I'm one so we've been talking about but yeah yeah so posadas are an aztec thing oh and then also i would like to point out that the piñatas here we have in the states are made out of cardboard whereas the ones in mexico are usually from what i know always made out of clay so that tradition of the clay piñata is still very much alive. They're not the same. Not the same. Should I get into different festivities in Latin America? Yes. 
Awesome. So we already talked about posadas. They're big in Guatemala, but Puerto Rico and Cuba, they also have a more intense version of posadas that they call parrandas. And they're even larger and there's way more singing involved, like just straight. It's like a straight party, <laughs> which I want to partake in. I want to. Yes, that sounds like fun. In Venezuela and a lot of other places, too. But the it's baby Jesus that brings the gifts not, you know, Santa. And um, on Christmas Eve, they have these things called patinatas, which it's a giant street party. And there's like rollerblading and bike riding because apparently rollerblades and bikes are common gifts for children during this time. So they just have like a giant skating slash bike party. I need to start this. That sounds amazing. Just, that's That does. I, I know for a fact that I would eat floor, but um, worth it. Yeah. In Peru, they're super famous for beautiful nativity scenes. They have a countrywide competition for them. And they have, yeah, they they look super pretty. I was looking at pictures of them, which I will also be posting. It sounds like so. There's so many, like, I feel like, okay, don't get me wrong. Christmas here, like the traditions here are, you know, great and all that. But I feel like every single Latin country just takes it up. It's better, it's right? so, It yeah. sounds like so much fun. In El Salvador, there's an extensive and elaborate firework display that like tops July, the 4th of July here on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, although apparently there's been a lot of like accidents, so they're kind of like toning it down on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I'll, 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 see, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we'll tone it down. In Ecuador, they do a similar thing like posadas and parandas. Uh, so it's nine days of singing leading up to Christmas Day. In Colombia, they begin celebrations on the 7th of December with this thing called El Día de las Velitas, the Day of the Little Candles. And people place paper la- paper lanterns all over the place in the streets, parks, windowsills, and it's in honor of the Virgin Mary. Um, and it also looks super cool. In Uruguay, uh, it's a little different because it's a secular country. So they don't call it Christmas. They call it Family Day. But the gatherings are the same. Lots of food and family. In Chile, they call it Pascua, not Christmas. And they have this super good dessert that, uh, well, it looks good. I've never had it, but it's called Pan de Pascua. Is it, it's Pascua for me is Easter. Is that the same thing? Yes, but not over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Pascua? I was like, Easter? What? <laughs> yeah, and then there was, a frick, I didn't write it down, but there's one other place that also calls it Pascua, not Christmas. Oh, and this one is, I think, my favorite one. So in Belize, they also have posadas, but one amazing tradition of the Garifuna people in Belize takes place on Christmas afternoon. So they have these dancers called Jankunu dancers, and they dress in white long sleeve shirts with pants um, that have belts of shells on them, and they wear pink masks. And the pink masks are meant to imitate enslavers, and this whole dance is meant to like make fun of enslavers. And this became a thing because Christmas time was the only time that the enslaved Garifuna could come together. It was the only time that the uh enslavers like you know let them not work and or not work not force them you know Mm -hmm. and they could gather with their family and so they would put on these pink masks and just make fun of enslavers and i was like wow that one is super fun oh another another thing girl at least we did this 
Oh my god, I didn't write down the country that does this, but it sounded so familiar to me because I think we've done it in the past. It's not Mexico, but there's a one Latin American country where they put their shoes out at night, and then this is where they play people like obviously it's parents, not baby Jesus, but they'll place um gifts in the in the shoes. I I have that. I grew up with that, and that is uh I. Th- Oh, it is Mexican then. I think and other places do it too. Yeah, no, but again, it's like I think everything I think all Latin American uh countries have this because I believe Spain has this. Um I know Las Posadas started in Spain. It's a Spanish Yeah, uh, and culture. it meshed together with the the Aztec and, and, and now every country celebrates it, but there's like regional differences. Um, but yeah. I think what you're talking about is the Dia de los Reyes Magos. That's when when oh, that's when it. you put the shoes out. That's oh, when which, I put. Which what a perfect segue because that's what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> so um, we're gonna talk about this. For me, growing up, this was my Christmas. Dia de los Reyes Magos is a day of the three magi. is celebrated on January 6th, and it's traditionally the gift exchanging holiday in Latin America. It is very similar to the American Christmas. Like, well, I I want to say it's like, yeah, I guess it's American. Is it English speaking country? So I did say it was. Um, I mean, we can just call it Christmas. Very similar to Christmas. Yeah, it's so. Um, in Latin America, we don't really do in Latin American culture. It's not really Santa who brings the gifts. I, we we do have Papa Noel, which is who we call Santa, but he's not. Ever really? given, cra- yeah, you never grew up with that. Yeah, um, he's only big in like two, like Brazil. I think they're big on pa- Papa Noel, but like us growing up, it was baby Jesus. Yeah, it, it was, was baby, baby Jesus or the three magi who brought you gifts. It was never Santa. Yeah, same. So, like, when everybody else on Christmas was opening presents, I, my family does this now too, but growing up, it wasn't a thing. We opened presents on, on January 6th. The day of the uh, the three magi, and again we have. Uh, I grew up knowing who Papa Noel was, but he was not like uh, a big character in Christmas. Like he was just there. Yeah, I feel like we barely talked about him. It was we knew obviously we knew who Santa was, but yeah, our presents were Christmas Day. Um, we stayed up till midnight mm-hmm. to open them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and it was like a small gift. And then there was a second small gift on Dia de los Reyes. But yeah. it was, yeah, it was never Papa Noel or Santa for us. It wasn't until like I was in, not even until I have my kids that we started calling it Santa. But that's because Andrew does that. Like a- Andrew's side of the family and all that stuff does that. But growing up, and it makes more sense if it's the three Magi because they are the ones who brought Jesus you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They're the ones who actually gave gifts during this time. So it makes more sense to actually gift exchange on January 6th and not December 24th, 25th, which again, in Latin American culture now, we open presents on the 24th. We Latinos have like three Christmases. Yeah. We have the 24th because that's what we do. In my family, we do the open gifts on the 24th. And then... Uh, we go to my kids, like, you know, like Andrews, my husband's other family on the 25th. And then on the 6th, we do more presents. On January 6th, we do more presents. Um, so we, I mean, honestly, Latin American culture is pretty awesome. We have three Christmases, like celebrations. And which one is the day that you have that pan? 
And then whoever uh, gets... Yeah, it's the same thing. El Dia de los Reyes Magos. There's a, a lot of, like, um, stuff that goes into this day. So first, um, the night before, January 6th, children, usually, I mean, I guess adults can do it too. Who's stopping you? But, <laughs> <laughs> but children leave their shoes outside their room by their door. And it is believed... This is how I grew up, that the three magi will come visit your home and leave you gifts. It, it placed sometimes inside your shoes, depending on the size or next to your shoes. So because, you know, it's like, oh, these are so-and-so's shoes. This is where his gift would go. So you know where, whose is what, I guess. And usually, as I got older, it would be money that was placed into your shoe. You know, you'd wake up. There's like 10-year-old me waking up opening, you know, my bedroom door and in my shoes, there's like a 20, 30, you know, 20, $30. It was awesome. I need to bring that back. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get some as an adult. <laughs> Someone put something in my shoes now. So this is what you do the morning of January 6th. You, you know, your kids would usually go check on their shoes, see what, what the three magi brought them. And then later that day, again, you have another feast and usually consisting of tamales, but sometimes you could do, you could do whatever, pozole, tamales. It was you, always pozole or tamales, nothing yeah, else for us. I already planned. Yeah. That's what I'm also doing for Christmas, pozole and tamales. <laughs> I'm just doing tamales because I, I don't know how to make either one. I just buy the tamales. <laughs> My mom's making me make them from scratch, so. I got work oh. to do, <laughs> oh, but I don't do them by myself. I do them with the help of my mom because I know for a fact. You need help. We had like a factory going. Yeah. We, oh, yes. That too. One part of Christmas is that when the whole family gets together, everybody goes to the kitchen and there starts a factory assembly line. Of the I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to mention that when I was talking about different cultures, but in very, pretty much every single country, there's tamaladas or pasteladas which is what the uh, some other places call tamales but yeah everybody gathers and makes tamales and this takes place before the 24th yeah <laughs> so usually around the 23rd or if you know family doesn't get there till the 24th it's very early on the 24th i would usually wake up around five to get the day started to make tamales and you like the whole i wouldn't say the whole family but if you're a, a you know little kid or you know, a, the cook of the family, you all go to the kitchen. Like there's like, what, like 10, 15 people in the kitchen and you all sit down and you all have a job to do. You know, some people will, you know, put, wrap the tamales. Other people will put the meat in the, in the tamal. You know, so yeah. other people would, would do the, the masa. So it depends on what your skill level is, but it's, it really isn't a factory assembly line. Yeah. Carmen and I would put the meat in the tamales. Yeah. Cause the meat was already cooked. We didn't do that. Every country for some reason has the tamal. Like every country has a tamal. Yeah. Their own version of a tamal. And it's awesome. I like the Guatemalan tamales. They're good. I suggest everybody try them to go back to the, Dia de los Reyes Magos, so, you know, you have your tamal, your pozole, or whatever it is that you're making that day. And then when the whole family comes together on Dia de los Reyes Magos, you do this thing called uh, rosca de reyes, which is uh, bread in an oval shape. And then it has, like, like candied fruit on top. And the can it symbolizes a crown. So it's in the shape of an oval, like a like an oval donut. 
right? Yeah. And then it has little like candied fruits on top of different colors and the candied fruits symbolize the crystals on a crown. Somebody cuts usually the the matriarch or the patriarch of the family, whoever, you know, is the head of the family, cuts the slices and gives uh, everybody a, a slice of... Uh, of Rosca de Reyes, and inside one or two of the slices, there is a baby Jesus, and whoever gets the baby Jesus, you know, is the person who is in charge of hosting and cooking a party on February the 2nd. So, you know, that is one tradition. Nobody wants to get baby Jesus in their bread. Oh my God, Carmen, um, <laughs> Carmen got it when we were like 10, and my mom was like, oh, Carmen, you had to throw a party and organize it, and she was like, no! <laughs> yeah, no, it's like so funny. Nobody, n- nobody wants the baby. <laughs> on, um, like when you ever eat the rosca, it's like that. My favorite part was watching the reaction of whoever got the baby. The party is on. Um, it's for February second, and February second is Dia de la Candelaria, which is Candlemas in English. That I looked it up, and that's what came up, and it's the day um that is celebrate celebrating the um jesus being presented to the temple to the jewish temple oh my god i had no idea why ever my whole entire life i was like why is it on february 2nd yeah so it's 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 actually another catholic holiday on dia de los reyes magos you know you have this little what is it like it's not even a raffle what is it like uh Bread raffle. <laughs> bread yeah. raffle. Who's like gonna- an unlucky bread raffle. <laughs> yes. And Dia de los Reyes Magos, just like Christmas, kids are given treats. The uh, treats consist of candy, peanuts, and oranges. At least that's the way it was when I grew up. You get a little bag of uh, of food treats. And the orange comes are a symbol for gold coins that the real Santa, St. Nicholas of Myra? Myra? Is it Myra? I have no idea. This is all new information for me. I don't I never looked into why we got these things. <laughs> St. Nicholas of Myra would give um during on Christmas poor families gold sacks of gold coins uh so they can um marry their daughters because back then parents of of women had to pay their husbands weird but okay the dowry um what the hell? <laughs> yes it's oh, i like i think that's so dumb and i think some places still do that dowries wow okay. but if you didn't have money to pay a dowry nobody was going to marry your daughter so the only option for a lot of these women were to become women of the night and um you know because oh my god because what were they gonna do once their parents died they're on their own they had to eat they had to find a way to get food so this was their only option so because saint nicholas didn't like this he um he during christmas would throw sacks of gold coins at you know inside people's chimneys that which again goes back to the santa claus you know coming down the chimney so people parents would have money to to marry off their daughters so they wouldn't become prostitutes and as time went on oranges became a sign of luxury because you know i i we're rarely pampered today we could get oranges year round but back then to have them 
in cold places was a luxury. And then the, the orange became a symbol of the gold that St. Nicholas would give these poor families. So now around the world, oranges are very part of uh, a big part of Christmas traditions. For me growing up, it was just part of something that you were given as a treat during either for both Christmas and Dia de los Reyes Magos. You got oranges on both occasions and that's where it comes from. So interesting. The real Santa is a patron saint of many things, but because of this, he's also the patron saint of prostitutes. So you know what? I like Santa now. No, <laughs> not that I didn't like him before. Um, we have to say he's the patron saint of sex workers now because that's what we call so them. So if you are a religious sex worker, this is the person you pray to. And so to end this episode, we're going to end it because we are a spooky tales. I had to dig and dig for an, a spooky Christmas story. And I found one. I don't know where it took place, supposedly, you know, but it was in Spanish and I translated it myself to English. And like I said before, I'm not perfect. So don't correct me. <laughs> um, so this legend that I found is titled in Spanish, El Mendigo de la Navidad. Um, which I thought mendigo was like another word for malditos, like a bastard is what I thought. That's what I thought, wasn't but it? But apparently it's the Christmas beggar in English. What? Hold on. I got to Google this. Oh, this means beggar. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I did thought I'm a that. bastard. So I, I thought this was going to be called the Christmas bastard. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> But it's the Christmas beggar. <laughs> I'm learning new things every day. <laughs> right? Oh my. This has been a knowledgeable Friday for me. <laughs> okay, so mendigo. Pobre diosero. Pobre. On to the story, though. It was the 25th of December, and these families were enjoying staying away from the cold weather. They were all inside with their yummy, delicious food, hot chocolate, rompope, cup of coffee, whatever. Um... Except one old man who was not doing this. He was outside sitting on a rock and the streets were completely empty except for him. And he was dressed in old tattered clothes. He was knocking from door to door asking for food and for help. And his pleas were unanswered by everyone. Everyone just shut the door on him. They were like, get out of here. And one lady, Doña Panchita, opened her door for him. He didn't even finished knocking when she has already opened the door, invited him inside. Her whole family was there. Her son, nueras, um, what's that in English? Daughter-in-laws. Daughter yeah. yeah, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandbabies, the whole family was there. And they let this man in. They fed him. They put a warm blanket around him, gave him some cafecito. The man was grateful. He thanked them and went on his way. But the moment he set foot outside of the town, there was a giant red X that appeared on every single door of the people that ignored his pleas, which was literally everyone in this town except for Doña Panchita. After the red X's appeared, the red X's turned into fire and the houses were engulfed in flames. The old man was suddenly not an old man. He went from like an old man to like this 
person with horns on his head and hoofed feet. And guess what? He was the devil. Satan himself was laughing at all these people with their houses on fire. The townspeople stared in horror as they saw him walking uh, in between the flames. He walked through the town and he was like pointing at people. And every time he pointed at people, they were dragged down to hell there was like hands reaching up from these flames and panchita and her family could only stare they were unaffected their house was not on fire but the entire town was and all they could see was everyone they knew just disappearing in these flames and then all of a sudden the devil was gone and panchita could leave her house so she walked around and saw all the destruction she went to the place where the old man was sitting in the beginning it was a rock and there was her deceased husband and a, as a ghost as a ghost and he said to her continue helping those in need and your this family will not suffer as the rest of the townspeople have because the devil will wander on this day looking for souls to take oh bam I, that's creepy <laughs> right yeah i can't even let us enjoy christmas apparently that's that's strange. Um, this goes to kind of like the folklore. Well, no, I don't want to say folklore, but growing up reli- like in a really strict religious household, um, we always had, I was always told como leyendas, that um, there's angels that walk the earth and they co- will constantly test people to see if they are good hearted. So sometimes um, like, you know, good angels would would ask you for, you know, help. And, you know, depending, yeah, if you declined it, it, it's like, maldecido por Dios or something like that. Fuck that. (laughs) That was like a legend. Like, you always have to be, you know, helpful because sometimes there's angels who dress as beggars and they will ask for help. And you're either going to be blessed for eternity or, you know, judged. And, you know, that's probably why we don't have, like, a major evil Christmas thing. Because, you know, like, Europe, all over Europe, there's Belsnickel, there's Krampus. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of, like, uh, like de- demon-like things that go around and, you know. They're, like, scary Christmas stories. And we don't have any. We don't have, like, this evil Christmas spirit legend and we don't that's why we don't need it because they spend all our lives scaring us with other shit <laughs> i know like uh I, the latino community is a very uh super uh, not superstitious well i guess maybe superstitious but very a spiritual community let's just put it that way yeah. and it is a spooky time 365 it is always a spooky like, season you get together with your family it doesn't matter what day it is what time it is, if the whole family's there, it will always break out in cuentos from El Rancho or scare, like, all the time. Like, always, always. always. Yeah. And for some reason, I had one tío who would always, like, share the same story about he was leaning on a wall once and then, like, hands reached for him. And it always happened when I was leaning on a wall and I would, like, push away from the wall. Scared <laughs> you know and what's I'm, like, funny? Hands are gonna get me. <laughs> I've heard of stories of hands coming off the walls. I can't I, – I would have to dig, like, into, like, stories that I've read. But he's not the first person that I've heard that from. My mom used to tell me that after a certain time of night, like if you're caught, like if you have a doll and and if it's really late at night, the devil would inhabit the body and like 
<laughs> so you would stay asleep at night. <laughs> yes. And I still remember that because she used to tell me all the time. And like that still stuck with me. That's probably why I don't like the stupid elf on the shelf. Right? Then but yeah, this is why we don't have like the the scary Christmas legend that a, a bunch of We're European, too traumatized. Uh, <laughs> We've been have. traumatized as children. It's it's year round for us. Yeah, it really is. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's just always it's always like that. That's the culture. Doesn't matter what you get in together as a family, somebody is gonna start with I saw this or I had experience with the Oh my god, yeah. Always se acuerdan? Do you remember in El Rancho back in the farm when so we heard this noise like and no, then and bam. Then, and then when you're at somebody else's house and then you're like your parents are like, oh It's god, time to yeah. leave. <laughs> and you're like, What? Wait, we're leaving? We're going into the dark? Yeah. <laughs> we have to walk through the entire front yard to get to our car in the dark. But uh, I feel like this is a, a good place to wrap yes. up. Like we said already, we will be covering shadow people. Uh, and like the hat man is part of that. Yes, right? the, the hat man, which is um, yeah, probably so. the most, the only famous shadow figure in the world. Yeah. So we'll be discussing that next episode. So we hope to not see you. I was going to say we hope to see you then. We hope you listen then. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Check us out on all our socials. They're linked in the show notes. And if you have time, if you like leaving reviews, it takes like, you know, two minutes. It really helps us out um, with like visibility and making the show more, um, what's it called? Findable? That's not a word. Searchable? Whatever. Yeah. If you, uh, if we have more ratings. So yeah. You know what? Give us that for Christmas. Yes, a five-star a rating. five-star <laughs> rating. Yes. On we can do is Apple Podcasts the only place you could do that, or the other podcast services? It's like the biggest one, but Podchaser lets you do it, and then um, I don't know but of another one. Listen, if your <laughs> if your if your podcast streaming service that you use, if it lets you leave a comment, leave a comment, please. For yes, oh, yeah, for Christmas <laughs> or for whatever holiday you you celebrate, let it be our gift. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.